broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It's my great pleasure to be with you, as always. Thanks for joining us. How you doing? Everybody all right? Have a good uh, weekend? Glorious outside, wasn't it? Knowles take two of three on the diamond. Take a beating yesterday. Got the scrimmage in. Tom and myself are going to talk about it momentarily. Don't forget, if you're watching on War Chant TV, to like and subscribe. Share with your friends. Let them all know, oh, the goodness. Monday through Friday is right here, guys. Save the link. Share it with others. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew is here. Tom is at his hizzy. Technical uh, maneuverings here today as uh, uh, Tom needed to be at the house, and that's fine. But show goes on as usual. We'll actually have that ongoing discussion regarding uh, the weekend that was with uh, as it pertains to the NCAA tournament, of course, the scrimmage itself. Uh, also, uh, what I just alluded to with Florida State's series win. They have not yet lost a series this year. That's good. Uh, and now Tuesday we get tomorrow. Tomorrow we get the uh, game against uh, Florida, so I'm looking forward to it. So uh, it's uh, there's a lot going on as we move ever closer to the weekend that is the spring game. And let's why don't we start right there? Just start with the scrimmage. Now, unfortunately, you guys know this, but just to reiterate for those that don't, we do not get to attend the scrimmage. No chance for us to lay eyes on the actual scrimmage itself and tell you blow for blow what happened and give our assessment. We're entirely reliant on a couple of things. A, whatever sources you might have from inside the program that are willing to give and tell you what their observations are within reason. I think everybody that's on the beat has somebody that they trust in that regard uh, to varying degrees. And then, of course, you can always read between the lines. I think this coaching staff, more than most, at least more than most that I've ever had the uh, pleasure of experiencing, dealing with, working with, are pretty forthcoming about what they see in these things, uh, the good, the bad, and everything between. Sure, they protect players the way all coaches do, or they send messages through the press after a, a scrimmage like this um, the way all coaches do. But I think because the open-door policy is the way that it is with Mike Norvell and his staff, meaning we'll be at tomorrow's practice just like we'll be at Thursday's practice, you know, most of the practices we do get to take in. So they know that uh, we're watching the development of these players. We're seeing who's shining on a regular basis, on a daily basis at these practices, and who needs more work, more development, who's woefully behind, who's surging up the depth chart. So it doesn't do them much good, I think, to try to, I guess, deceive to, uh, to a great degree. They, they, you know, uh, we're going to get a chance with our own eyes to kind of assess. So I was not. I say that to say this. 
I was not overly surprised to hear the report, right, from Norvell or Fuller, Atkins. You, you, the, the guys that we've seen play well heading into this scrimmage played well in the scrimmage. You know, that's that's pretty much what you heard. You you got a sense that Micah Pittman, for example, I'm just going to use him as an example. That's a kid who last Thursday put on a show. He was one of many people on this offense that played exceptionally well in Thursday's practice. I don't think there's any getting around that. That was addressed. That was assessed. Uh, that was spoken to by Mike Norvell after that Thursday practice. One of the reasons that practice went so swimmingly, both for, uh, obviously, Jordan Travis and Tate Rodemaker was because uh, of the play of their receivers. And those guys stepped up again, did a really good job. And uh, it sounds like Michael Pittman carried over his performance and continued it in this uh, spring game. So, Tom, I, I don't know if you disagree with anything that I just said there, uh, but the bottom line is it sounds an awful lot like a couple of things here. And let's just go through with the overview. It sounded like we had a few receivers play really well. Both quarterbacks seemed to play well. A.J. Duffy may be responsible for a couple of the best throws in this scrimmage, which is nice to hear about your young guy. Defensively, Tatum Bethune continues to be a rock-solid fixture on this defense. To me, he's emerged as a guy that may end up being our most important transfer transfer portal player. If I was going to pick a defensive candidate, it would be him. Offensively, it's looking more and more like it could be Micah Pittman. So we'll, we'll see from there. Although Benson is said to have had a good scrimmage as well at the running back position. I, I will tell you, as we start kind of the assessment, again, from afar, out of curiosity, Tom, I think the, the, the room that has surprised me the most, the one that I thought very maybe, and this maybe looked upon as harsh, I'm just talking about the assessment of depth of talent. I did not think going into spring practice that the, that the Knowles were in a good place at running back. I thought they were fine with Treshawn Ward, who I like, and then I had real worries I really didn't. I, I'm not in love with anybody else in that room, and and that includes uh, Toa Feely, who I want to love as a St. Pete guy, but I I just I I don't see any consistency, right? So and he's not physical enough. He's not big enough. He's kind of a guy that you have to use as a change of pace, try to get him out in space, stuff like the play against Clemson. You know he's got that in him, but consistently down in down out. If you don't have Trayshawn Ward, you felt like you don't have a lot. I didn't feel like that and now I think because of Hill and Benson and Ward and Toa Feely and even the walk-on like I they're good at that position I I think running back is not something I'm worried about at all I think that uh, that's a plus group yeah it's a group that has a little bit of everything you know if you need a change of pace player like a Toa Feely or a third down back who needs to catch uh, catch the ball out of the backfield to make somebody miss you already have a couple of guys who can do that and CJ Campbell and Rodney Hill has flashed to Trayshawn Ward certainly can do that. If you need a bruiser who can get you a yard, that was the question. It looks like Trey Benson can mm -hmm. be a home run hitter, but then also your short yardage guy. So that's good. Uh, overall, with the scrimmage, you're right. All of the names that came up were not surprising on offense or on defense. So if they were receiving praise from a coordinator or from Mike Norvell or the intel that we mine for after uh, an event like that, it wasn't like I heard a name or two where I said, that's interesting. Right. He didn't do anything for six practices before the scrimmage. Right. It's an interesting time for him to decide to, to play well. No, the thing that I was happy about is that the defense responded. If the offense, again, if the reports came out of scrimmage number one, that, again, the offense was dominant or explosive consistently, I would have started to worry about what it is I'm watching with this defense. 
because the way Thursday's practice ended, it was all offense all the time. Um, it wasn't always that way over the course of all of Thursday, but the offense won the day. So if that turned into a bigger trend, I would have been a little bit more nervous about that. But I'm glad to hear that the defense came back, they responded, and it sounds like outside of that first group, there wasn't a whole lot of time to make those throws for either Tate Rodemaker or A.J. Duffy, which is what you would expect because if you're looking in the trenches, Florida State is deep defensively, and they are thin offensively in the trenches. Yeah, okay, so we go plus to minus. Minus is this entire camp, I've been perhaps the most disappointed with the offensive line. I don't think this is a plus group. Uh, I don't think this is working out as they had hoped. Uh, I think they really were hoping that Lloyd Willis and others could emerge as viable pieces to add depth to this group, which would get them in the neighborhood of seven or eight guys is what I think they were hoping for. I don't see it as viable. I don't see it. I think you've got a starting five. You might have a six. Uh, Bless Harris has been a good addition, a welcome addition, and is making strides. I think ideally you bring in a Bless Harris to be a backup. Uh, he may end up having to start. There are a couple of guys that did start for this unit a year ago that I'm uncomfortable with if they start this year. I don't I don't think that they're very good players. Um, but there are three that I really like. The problem is if football, especially in the trenches, is a very physical game, and we saw what happens a year ago, you lose your best lineman who I think will be even better this year. Dylan Gibbons you know, had to play hurt and or miss some time, and when that happened, they really struggled up front. Uh, it can't be, just like we talk about all the time with, this, with these quarterbacks, it can't be a scenario by which if a guy goes down and misses a week or a quarter or a half or whatever it might be, that you're just rendered impotent. You have to be able uh, to rely on another guy or two to step in there and play at a high level. And I don't think they have that option. I, I think now they're working to that end. There is still time for guys to grow and get better. In some cases, you got a guy who I think is talented enough from an athleticism standpoint, meaning he can bend and he's got good feet, but he's not nearly strong enough or big enough. And I don't know that you can add on the requisite strength and size that I'm looking for. Uh, in an off season, we'll see. Uh, after spring into the fall, I mean, you have to get very imaginative. So that that's an area where I'm a little concerned. If we're going to sing the praises of certain groups, and we will, because the team is better, the team is better. But if we're concerned about any area, I, I would tell you I'm a little bit concerned about that uh, offensive line. Yeah, I agree. I think you know we can nitpick and say is it six or is it seven that you feel comfortable comfortable with right now. I think you can improve the offensive line right now if you move Darius Washington back to right tackle. But that's not what the spring is for. The hmm. spring is for experimenting and trying to cross-train and to develop. If they had to play a game this weekend, I think they'll figure it out at right guard and they'll put Darius back at right tackle. And that, that's how they would match up against the next opponent. But let this experiment succeed or fail after really exhausting all possibilities. And what's that going to do in the interim? You're going to struggle in a scrimmage. You're going to struggle yeah, in the sure. portion of your daily practices when you go ones-on-ones and twos-on-twos. But, I mean, again, because it's the spring, give everybody a, an exhaustive look. Give Lloyd Willis all the reps you can give him. Uh, you know, move up some guys from the second or third team at guard and let them rotate in and get more important reps. We've seen some of these things, that the cross-training, the mixing, the matching. Once you have exhausted all of those experiments, and then you think, we can do this or we can't do this, then in fall camp, 
Get your best five out there and let the chemistry grow. But I'm okay with them struggling because I believe they're doing so for the right reasons. They've got a functional five with at least one dude who can come off the bench right now. It's just a matter of how you want to rank numbers four, five, and six. Yeah, like, I'd probably rather have Bless Harris on the field, but if you don't, then he's your first guy off the bench. I think we all know that that's where it is right now. And then as you're projecting to the offseason, as we stand here today, it's not even yet halfway through uh, spring camp, When if you've got one or two slots – to go get a transfer because that's the only that's the amount of scholars that you have available. Offensive line, I think, has to be the number one position of need as of right now. It's not edge rusher; it's offensive line. Yeah, it's offensive line, and and here's what I mean to clarify, just so people have a better understanding of what I'm saying. It's an area where no doubt they have five guys that if you start a game with the five that we think should start, and many of whom did a year ago, you're going to be fine as long as none of them get hurt, <laughs> as long as none of them have a problem, and then as soon as one of them does. You got another guy that you feel pretty good about, and then I think the list is over. I don't think they have seven. I don't think they. I know they don't have eight. So I, you're at one other guy, and you know well, a guy and a half maybe if you want to look at it that way. I think you've got more options in the interior. I think you've got three tackles right now on this roster. It's it that that you could be comfortable playing, and it's Robert Scott, Darius Washington, and Bless Harris. Those are the three right now. So. I think you might have a few more options down the line that you could hide at guard. I agree. Uh, I want to see, see what Estes does uh, as camp continues to move along. Um, you know, they're going to give Schrader every opportunity because he's still catching up from an injury. Standpoint. Yeah, he's not ready. Like potential. He's not ready today. Not ready today. But maybe by the fall, if you get him fully up to speed. But I think you might you might be able to survive it as long as you don't lose two of the tackles. Now, again, in the offseason, if you've got the shopping list and everybody has it, everybody wants a tackle in the country, but if you can find one who is functional, who, let's just say he's a, a Bless Harris-level player, yeah, and you give me four tackles, you can absorb a hell of a lot more, especially since Darius Washington is versatile enough to move across many positions of the offense. Well, when was it they got Dylan Gibbons? It was after spring last year. Yeah, there That's you correct. go. So there, there you go. I mean, you, you can go now. Maybe they were lucky. I don't know. But, I mean, that's all it takes. It takes one guy like that to get, you know, you get lucky. Kid who wants to come back to the state of Florida. Whatever it might be. You're like, okay, we got you. Especially if you played at Wisconsin or Notre Dame. We got you. Come on. <laughs> come on down. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Plenty of room. We're just getting started. There's, uh, we need to assess other areas, too. I like what's developing at corner. I like what's happening in that secondary. I think they're going to be all right there. Talk a little bit about that. I mentioned running backs. We'll get to receivers and quarterbacks, all that good stuff, uh, and, and venture on in down the line with what happened. And, and I'm really excited to watch practice tomorrow uh, because we'll have a chance to, to talk to Coach Norvell again and get him to open up a little bit more, piggyback on what we now know happened in that scrimmage. A uh, couple, couple of items of note away from football that I'll get to momentarily. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The madness has officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting the national championship winner, or simply looking for player and game props. My bookie has you covered. Sign up today at my bookie and use the promo code Jeff Cameron to secure a first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. It's simple. Put in 200 and play with 300. Just use promo code Jeff Cameron to claim your bonus. College ball, NBA, UFC. No matter the sport, no matter the minute, my bookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. And with choices from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into a payday. 
bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Don't forget promo code Jeff Cameron to claim your bonus. Anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Yeah, I can take a hint. I can take a Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Good Monday, everybody. Hope you are well. Should make mention, Florida State uh, former basketball coach Joe Williams passed away. Uh, he served as a bridge. Now, this some of you old-timers listening to the Jeff Cameron Show will say, I remember Joe Williams well. I don't. I can't say that. I don't remember Joe Williams well. He uh, served as a bridge for FSU basketball between Hugh Durham, which most people know, uh, 67 to 78, and Pat Kennedy, who I knew well, 87 to 97. Uh, But he had been more notable as a coach at JU, uh, Jacksonville University. And he took JU to the NCAA finals, by the way, against UCLA. And uh, they lost, uh, 80-69. to 69. Uh, Artist Gilmore uh, led the way there. Eight seasons at FSU for Joe Williams. 129-105, and 105, the win-loss record, 47-53 and 53 in the old Metro. Had a couple of 20-win seasons in there during his time. In 79-80, FSU finished 22-9, and nine, winning record in the Metro. They got beat by Kentucky, who was number one at that time in the second round of the NCAA tournament, 97-78. In 1984... Uh, they finished 20 and 11, uh, 9 and 5 in the Metro, losing to Pitt in the NIT. Ding, ding. And then after a 7 and 10 start to the 85 86 season, uh, he announced, I'm going to be resigning. And he did. And they went 12 and 17. And that was that. And he left the game at uh, a rather youngish age of 52, never coached again. Um, but uh, that said, a notable thing that happened with FSU basketball while he was the head coach was the move from Tully uh, way back in the day to the TLC Double C in 1981. So it is, we say, rest in peace, Joe Williams. Wanted to make mention of that as he passed away. Back to the scrimmage, Tom. Back to uh, the good and the bad and the things that we're making note of and that we're, um, I guess, highlighting. Uh, things to work on before the break. We mentioned offensive lines got to get better. They got to find a couple more guys that we feel comfortable with at this juncture. Uh, Might have been a, a bit of a problem to start the scrimmage. One of the things you touched on that I want to also point to is that uh, the front four for Florida State going into the season, I feel very good about. Uh, in particular, the interior of this defense right up the gut is going to be very strong. Uh, Tatum Bethune at linebacker has been a huge addition uh, between you know, the veteran presence of Big Coop and guys like that. Obviously, they, they are set. Fabian Love, they've got guys that I know you can set it and forget it. They're good players. They're going to be stout uh, from there, Jamie Robinson. I mean, like they got guys right up the middle there that you feel very good about. I think the edges you're a little bit more concerned about. I love continuing to hear uh, that, in essence, you're seeing real growth from the edge guys. 
we're watching this continue. You know, Verus is showing that he is getting acclimated. He's playing faster and faster with every passing practice. I think his technique is better. He's less robotic than he was at the start of camp, so you're seeing that develop. I can't see this scrimmage. I don't know how much he was able to wreak havoc, but listening to the coaches, it sure sounds like he had an impact on this scrimmage. So that's important that you see that. Again, are they going to be anywhere near the dominant level that they were with a potential top 15 pick? Uh, no, no, probably not. But 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 are they going to be more than serviceable? Maybe even pretty decent out there on the. I think the potential for that is there, and that's a reason to get excited. What I think is fun and is still a work in progress, but I like the clay you have to work with is the secondary. Um, you know, we worry that when you have a guy that played as many snaps as Jarvis Brownlee did. And as good as he was against the run, and at times against the the lesser tier receivers in coverage, he was decent. Uh, now, not against good receivers or even adequate receivers, but uh, but he had a strength to his game, and he had a lot of experience. You lose all those snaps, you wonder who's going to replace it. Well, all camp, every time we come in here, Tom, and talk about this secondary, we talk about how very pleased we were with uh, the early assessment we've seen uh, from Azaria Thomas, obviously. And uh, Sam McCall, those, those two guys are emerging players. It sounds like, listening to Adam Fuller, those guys are already moved up to second string. That's how good they are. That's the impact they've had so far. They're already on the two deep now with their talent, acumen for the game, their length, and their athleticism. And, and that tells me they're going to be in this rotation. They're going to get a lot of time this year. They're only going to get better. This is so good that they got here early and that they're getting acclimated. I think Duke Cooper is a bona fide starter. You're not going to have to worry about that. We knew that coming into camp, right? He's only solidified that even more. He's gotten better and better and better. Love him. Sounds like he shined in the screen. All you're wondering about is the other outside corner. We don't know who's going to be. Kevin Knowles could go out there, or he may stay in the slot. We don't know. Um Renardo Green's a surprise to everybody. I mean, I don't know if I trust it just yet, but he's played well. He's been solid, uh, more than solid in this camp, so he's probably been the guy that's come up the most, uh, leveled up the most, if you will, of all the guys, because I don't think we expected that. So he's he's in that competition. And then, obviously, I mentioned uh, Jamie Robinson. and other. They've got, they've got dudes. They've got guys that you feel pretty good about. I'm not as worried about it. I don't think Florida State's going to feel a significant impact by the loss of Brownlee. Yeah, it's again like if you were ranking needs in the transfer portal after this camp is over, uh, I'd be shocked if if we would list a defensive back among the needs because mm-hmm. I, I think there are enough solutions out there. And you know what? It's also worth pointing out that there is in the short time that this coaching staff has been here in Tallahassee a track record that they can uh, circle the right defensive backs for early season uh, or early career playing time, and they can develop them to get them on the field four early in their career playing time. Duke Cooper, by the end of the season, was a starter. Kevin Knowles, we knew from the spring game last year, was, whoa, that, that's going to be different as well. And so he is also a starter becoming a, a sophomore. So it shouldn't shock us that from a development standpoint, an Azariah Thomas or a Sam McCall might be among those who are starting by the time we get to the back half of the season, if not sooner, in that other spot, or they're at least rotating in during the game. And because... The development history is there, but then also you take a look at the types of players they are. It was not quite Jalen Ramsey, first practice in the IPF way back in 2014, when you and I were 2013. When we walked in there and said, who is that dude working with the threes? That's going to work. And then Jalen Ramsey ended up starting his first game on the road at Pitt. But it's close. Those players are close. 
And you're right. We like what we have up the middle. Jamie Robinson, you can set him and forget him. He's a tackling machine. He's along the middle of the field. Not quite a slot corner, but he's, he's playing in that same area of the field, kind of like a rover. And then Akeem Dent has been really solid since the last three or four games of last fall's football season. He looks the same in this spring. He looks like somebody who is, again, a set-it-and-forget-it player. So you've got most of your spots in the secondary locked down. You've got the one job that Jarvis Brownlee vacated, and I think it might have been he might have been replaced anyway, mm-hmm. and a lot of players to replace him with. I thought at the outset of camp you might have to dip into the portal to maybe fortify the ranks in the defensive backfield. I don't think so anymore. Uh, word out of that scrimmage while we're on the subject of the secondary was that Travis J uh, suffered an injury in that scrimmage. Uh, that that made its rounds all over the message boards and elsewhere. I'm addressing it from those assessments on the Warchant message boards. Uh, that's not good because that's a that's a guy that I still held out hope for. Yeah, I may be the last guy, <laughs> but I I was still holding out hope. He's had a good camp, Tom. He he's looked good. He hasn't been uh, you know a surefire guy who's going to start. He hasn't been a guy that you're like, oh, hey, he's figured it all out. The light bulbs come on. But he's had a good camp and he's responded well to the challenge. And I'm not so sure that we thought that was going to happen. I mean, there were all kinds of rumors that his name would be the first name in that secondary group to uh, seek the transfer portal. And that hadn't happened. He responded to every challenge and looked like he was engaged and cared deeply and learning and progressing. So when guys take on the challenge the way that he and Renardo Green and others have, I root for those kids. I want them to do well. I love guys that don't run from adversity. And um, I especially love them when they have his you know, length and skill set and athleticism, uh, you'd love to, you're a little bit more patient with those guys. But uh, unfortunately, it sounds like he's dinged. Yeah, I will uh, parrot what Ira said last night on Sunday Smash, which is he was spotted around campus on crutches. So, I mean, it, you know, that's that's the word. You don't know what that means, though. I mean, we used to yeah, put people in the put boot, boots on the rope. regular. Yeah, right. So you don't know what the severity of it is, but you're correct. The thing I was looking for from Travis J was engagement level. Um, and by that, I mean, between reps, are you encouraging teammates? Are you interacting with the coaching? Um, because you bring in players like Azarie uh, and Sam McCall, and then you have Jamie Robinson return, and, and you see the squeeze. You see the way the roster is going to be squeezed and how difficult it is to climb back into a rotation, and they're working him at safety. So you're looking for body language. Is it poor or is it positive? It has been nothing but positive from yeah. Travis Schiff so mm-hmm. far this camp. Hopefully this doesn't change that. Uh, and he can get back on the field soon and continue to compete. I would have thought that he might be a rotational piece. He was, yeah, he was trending yeah, yeah. towards rotation. I agree with that. Uh, Marcus, thanks for your contribution. It's awfully nice of you to say. And it's also really cool to hear from people uh, when this is the case. Marcus writes, been going through a lot recently, and you gentlemen help whether you know it or not. Uh, hashtag four-pack of tall boys money. Thank you for the show. Appreciate that, and uh, I can assure you, Tom still owes me several tall boys. Uh, he can take, he can collect that Marcus money and uh, bring some of those in coming up this Friday. This Friday will be our tall boy day. Is that is that right? Well, Live it's a libations air? Friday. No, not on the air. That's illegal. Uh, but but it'll be our libations Friday. Uh, so so we'll we'll do that. Um, yeah, thank you, Marcus. Appreciate it, and uh, I hope whatever it is you're going through gets better. Uh, yes. I- I don't think that's a four-pack of tall boys in this era. When I was an intern, <laughs> maybe the five bucks got the four-pack yeah. of, of tall boys. But uh, my guess is you probably want like a Sierra Nevada, you know, uh, four-pack or something along those lines. It's like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. No, 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 no. You know what? 
whenever it's a big board bet like we had that carried over from the previous establishment, uh, the, the, it can be old school, sorry, low down, average ass, watery beer. It's okay. Just that's, uh, you know, got to keep it together. It's, it's a tall boy after work. You know that that's 13 years ago uh, as of a couple weeks from now? That's crazy. That wait, 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 13 years ago that you were inserting? Yeah. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Just, and I was going on the tall boy yeah, runs yeah, for tall boy you runs. guys, for your post show, for your post show enjoyment. Yeah, Director Matthew uh, had less of uh, a nefarious uh, outing when he was a uh, intern. He used to go get me coffee all the time, and he brought that up the other day. And even for Director Matthew, that's been a, a little bit of time. A little bit of time has gone by from when he was fetching coffee back in the day. What have you done to us, sir? What have you done to Matthew and I? Everybody, I brought everybody along for the ride. The most talented get to survive. Let's go, all of us. You guys passed the test. Think of all those other slappies that we had before you that didn't make it. Well, when we walked <laughs> in the building, when we walked in the building, we were like uh, A. Z. Thomas, yeah. and we were like Sam McCall. You're like yeah. these guys are built different, <laughs> different level players. They seem to get it. They get they get all this. Yeah, good, good, good. They're on the they're on the right side of this. Uh, I'll get to this question in a moment because there's no way we could go through the show and not address it. But they gave me a great opportunity. Christopher wrote at Jay Cameron Show on Twitter. Curious, has Will Smith contacted the JCSPR firm yet, or do you only handle athletes and coaches? I see this as an opportunity for the JCSPR firm. Excuse me to spread its wings into the entertainment industry. Yeah, I got the perfect one for uh, Will, who's obviously suffering from mental illness, and I'm not making light of that. But you can use it from a PR standpoint to your, to your benefit. Uh, if, if you've got obvious outward signs of um, a, a, you know, a health crisis, a mental health crisis going on, uh, listen, again, not making light of those things, but only noting that if, in fact, it is self-evident, well, a PR firm can use that all day long and deflect away. I've got deflections every which way. To, I'm Wonder Woman over here with the bracelets. I'm deflecting everything out of the sun. You forget about it. Well, there was no deflection stopping Will Smith's hand from hitting Chris Rock's face. And all I could think about was Richard Sherman when he took the shot. And oh. Goes, oh, whoa. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's an overhand slap, though. I mean, you know. He better be able to withstand but that. Still, Chris Rock ain't exactly. No, he's you know, tiny. Two thirty. He's yeah. a tiny dude. Yeah, yeah. He's lucky. And that he was, was a, yeah. It was full fledged. If you listen to the Australian broadcast, oh yeah, it's loud. I, the impact is quite sound. He landed it well. Oh well, yeah, because it was unexpected, and my man's hands were behind his back. Although Chris, Chris can't be from the streets because there's no way you let a man walk up on you uh, rather intimidatingly uh, who looks like he has ill intent. And keep your hands behind your back. There has to be a little just in case to you. A little just in case has got to come out. Well, that that tells you that uh, it's either been beaten out of him or he was too busy reading the teleprompter, <laughs> or listening to his director saying, "What's happening? What's, What's happening? happening? What's, What's happening? happening? What's happening here? Get your hands up, man! Get your hands up!" It's Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. Baited breath from the guts to go, crisscrossing. 
Jeff Capitone, 933 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday. Man, it's flying past, isn't it? Woo! Good song, good choice. All right, so uh, I got to ask this before the break. Let's just assess it and move on, be done with it. Uh, I'll tell you who's thankful. All of the outlets that require you click on videos, they love the hell out of what happened last night. Anybody that requires clicks, boy, all you got to do is put that JPEG up or whatever they call it. You're good. Anybody still using JPEGs? <laughs> I don't have any idea. I don't know what those are. Uh, just put up the thing you do uh, of them uh, and you're set. Just like a still anything. People are going to click on it. I didn't see it last night when it happened. I don't uh, typically watch the Oscars or award ceremonies of any kind because uh, they suck. And uh, so I don't, I don't ever watch them. And I, uh, but I do frequently uh, fall asleep rather easily only to wake up three hours later every night like an a-hole. And it's very frustrating. So last night was like most nights. Uh, sound asleep by 10.45, wide awake by 3 a.m. <laughs> no reason. And then, because I'm an idiot, I do exactly what... Everybody tells you to never do. Repeatedly. Think about how stupid this is that I do this over and over again. I can't help myself. I don't want to wake my wife up. She's sound asleep laying next to me. She sleeps without a problem through the night. Not me. So I either get up, I go read something, maybe I'll play a game or I'll read a book or I'll do whatever it is to pass like an hour until I feel sleepy again. And then I make the mistake of going back to bed around 4, 4.15 only to wake up at 5.30. It's stupid. It's stupid. Anyhow, that's me. But the worst thing that I do is when I can't sleep and I'm staring at the ceiling is to reach for my phone and scroll. And this is how I learned of the situation. Was last night at about 3.15, I picked up my phone to scroll the events since I've been asleep. I start with NBA scores. I'll look at you know, certain sports-related things that I may end up needing to know about before coming in to do the show. I'll check our own website at warchant.com. I'll look at a couple of news outlets to see what terrible thing is going on in whatever corner of the atlas. So I do all of that, right? And then the only thing that I saw on every stroll, scroll and the preceding and the post and I'll, everyone was that video and or somebody's take on that video and or somebody's thoughts on that. Yes, every one of them. So I've, I watched it from every conceivable angle. I've seen every which way but Sunday, the slap heard around the world. And, uh, and I immediately did think, much like this person has asked me to do, Christopher, uh, that this could be an easy case for the Jeff Cameron Show PR firm. It is self-evident that no rational, well-adjusted, fair-minded individual gets up in the midst of an award show over what is, you know, a whatever joke. Chris Rock has said far more, uh, <laughs> I guess you could say, potentially offensive things than that joke about, you know, a G.I. Jane joke. Jeez, that's so tame and actually quite lame. And I love Chris Rock, by the way. Uh, I, no, it certainly doesn't warrant violence. It certainly doesn't warrant getting up unprovoked in the midst of a ceremony to walk over and slap a guy that you're allegedly, at one time, reasonably friends with, I guess. Uh, so, no, I don't, I don't know. It's clear that he suffers from, from some form of mental illness. There's, there's something uh, irrational that is, uh, 
has taken hold of him, and uh, and I would use it as the Jeff Cameron Show PR firm. Um, I would kowtow. I'd be a, the lowest form of PR. Uh, I would I would go ahead and, and play the victim here, Tom. I would play the victim. Uh, I would somehow turn this from uh, me being a bully to me being a victim. Uh, and then I would somehow segue that into, uh, I'd have to sit down with the placards, and you and I would go over the many ways we could do this tastefully as to pull the wool over people's eyes, uh, the way that politicians do. I would do that, but but uh, the simple take here is to try to uh, wrap yourself in the blanket of victimhood. Yeah, you know, how I learned about it, I wasn't watching the award. The last time I watched an Academy Awards, I think it was to see if Heath Ledger was going to be posthumously awarded, um, yeah. you know, the role for Joker. Because mm-hmm. um, I thought that was only right. Uh, was but, he? Did he win? Yes, he did. Okay. I don't he remember. Yeah. So that becomes the second character in history to have two different actors play a character and win an Academy Award for it. Vito it. Corleone being the first mm-hmm. with Marlon Brando and, and Robert De Niro. Um, but when your timeline says, was that real? And what just happened? And that's what I was before bed. It was just before I was lights out. And it was, you know, 10 to 12 deep. Was that real? Did that just happen? It could only be the Academy Awards because it's a different. I mean, it's a scope of people in pop culture and, and people I know. So then it was Oscars. So I didn't know what I was about to see. So I, I actually, in a way, got to experience it without knowing what was coming. Um, I just searched Academy Awards and then scrolled until a video popped up. And then, bam. It's just right there. And, um, yeah, it's it's the camera shot after it all happens when Will Smith is sitting back down. He's and screaming saying, at him and dropping the F-bombs and everything else. And there's rage look, on his face. Right. It was, But it was, yes, it was fragility on his face as well. And that's how, if I was in the PR firm, I would, I would position that. It was, it was the fragility in his face, the vulnerability. Oh, yeah, see, you're doing it. You're, 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 you're coming around. You're coming around, right. The, yes, yeah. the fragility suffering from a lot of uh, pressure. Uh, there's uh, intense pressure, and uh, there's a magnifying glass on me and my family. Uh, it got the best of me in my effort to protect them. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I want to take this time to admit uh, substance abuse problems, uh, at which point I would come forth uh, with how hard I've been battling the demons, yeah. uh, and that unfortunately on this night, most unfortunately, um, it manifests itself in an abhorrent act, which I take full responsibility for. And then we go from there. We go from there. We start talking about my wife's alopecia and uh, her bravery. I turn it into uh, me getting clean and sober and right. uh, the pressures of the industry. It's uh, a triumph. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a triumph. I, I am victorious over my demons with the help of my many fans and moviegoers everywhere. And then I'm going to play myself on an HBO movie. Oh, yeah, no, I got uh, it. I, I turned it into millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like when it. I went to the rainforest and drank the tea. There it but is. Clearly, he did not have anybody in his camp who could get to him between the time that that happened <laughs> and his acceptance <laughs> yeah. speech. Right, because it's then because he, yeah. His acceptance speech said, I, I, I'm i a vessel of love. Yeah, it was, it, it was insane. And he didn't apologize to Chris Rock. No, of course not. So, Unless they were playing the long game, which is let's establish more that I'm nuts yep, so, that yeah, I can, yep, yep. so I can help this down the line. Mm. I, yeah, that, that didn't play very well. Nope, nope, didn't play very well. He's a mess. Uh, there's your answer, Christopher. That's the last I'll mention of that because Lord knows you're going to hear it a gazillion times between now and the end of the week. Uh, but there it is. Yes, I could turn it into uh, – it would be a skillfully done 
PR campaign, the likes of which a year or two from now, many people would sit back and go, well, that was masterfully done. My goodness. We went from uh, noting what an absurd uh, bout of behavior we just witnessed uh, here to, my God, I really like that Jeff Cameron. He has struggled, but look at him tackling his demons. I hope he succeeds and wins another Academy Award. That kind of thing. That's what you're trying to do when you manipulate the minds of millions. That's how you got to make it work, baby. That's why the JCS PR firm is the number one PR firm across the land. It has been for 20-plus years. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 i'm gonna let you crank that Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Hello. Man, I still hate it that everybody can't hear the bumper. Because it's still awesome. But, uh, silly YouTube screws us so you don't get to hear the awesome bumper. People were raised on the Jeff Cameron Show bumper. They don't get to hear it. Sorry. Unless you're listening to 93.3 Real Talk Radio, then you can. Then you can crank it in the car. Then you're going, yeah, that's right, Cameron. I got it. That's good. Hey, golf tournament's coming up. Can you believe it's almost April? And I'm going to start telling you here very shortly about all the support we have for our golf tournament, the JCS slash War Chant Invitational, uh, to be played April the 15th, Capital City Country Club. Man, is that going to be awesome. We're going to have a blast. And uh, I always, uh, Second Harvest is the uh, benefactor here. We're going to raise some money. Thanks to uh, all of you guys who signed up. And um, we're going to... uh, we're going to have fun on that day. It's going to be a good time. I'm really, really looking forward to it. So that is uh, soon enough on the 15th. And um, I'm trying to think anything else I need to tell you other than thanks to everybody who's involved. But it didn't take long to sell out, Tom. So we did really well. We did really well. And uh, in the coming days, just bear with us as we rightfully note those have made all this possible. Uh, there's a lot of people to thank. Yeah, there are. Uh, we've got you know five major sponsors, and leading the way is Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Uh, that's where the banquet's going to be afterwards, which is going to be fun. Mm. Um, you know, the wing feast and and the keg of beer and, yeah, and the awards. Uh, but there are a lot of fun stations out there too for those who are going to be golfing with us on the day, and and it's all in the name of charity. So, you know, if you're going to be putting against Corey Clark on a on one of the greens, uh, the green from eighteen to one, uh, and he asked for. 20 bucks for an entry. It's going to the second harvest. It's not going to Corey's pocket. We're no, doing it God, all no. for a great cause. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people step up 
all throughout the year that are listening to this program, that are business owners in this town, and we just we can't thank them enough. So you're going to hear about them, and uh, we can't wait to tell you about them too. Life Spectator wants to know, did I ever slap anybody in the face after being reminded that my hairline was receding? No, and I love the humor in the question. Um, you know, I had about a year where I realized it, was, uh, it wasn't going to last. The dream was over. That uh, this once bountiful uh, glory that was my hairline uh, is now gone, is now leaving me, is now exiting the premises, is now uh, to be no more. I, I didn't take long. I, I remember the first time I ever noticed it in the, uh, in the mirror. I was like, oh, we got some problems here. You know, it's like, uh, not to make light of anybody's problems, but you know, if, uh, if you have a loved one, we all know this, that uh, is diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia, the sad part about that is it's, it's layered. It's very, very layered. But the truth is, you know, one of the reasons you're sad in that moment is it's never going to get better. Now, that is a disease that is hideous, insidious. We've seen it in my family. I understand. That said, losing your hairline, it's a weird analogy, but the second you start to lose hair, it doesn't get better, Tom. It doesn't just yeah. magically get better. It is only going to get worse from here. That's the way I looked at it. I remember the first time I saw a clump of gray on the uh, the barber's little uh, bib or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the sheet, and uh, it was more gray than it was brown, and it's it's still a process. The salt is being dropped in. Yeah, it looks good on you, though. I was oddly okay with it. I thought, oh. It's awfully young well, for me to have gray hair, but okay. I'm never going to see what I saw last time I was at the uh, the hairstylist, <laughs> so that's, that's strange. Oh, um, man. The hairline has cropped up a little bit, but it's holding strong. Yeah, it's I mean, strong. You got good hair, buddy. I made it into my mid thirties. So yeah. whatever happens, you're happens. Ma- you're married now. What do you care? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I made it. I yeah, made it. Now yeah, that's yeah. Her, now it's her problem. It's not my problem now. It's just can she handle it? And hopefully, if that if the day comes, I've got the dome that could handle. You know, hopefully, I'm more like you than James Carville or something like that. But we'll yeah, see. yeah, yeah. That is the key. I actually didn't wait long. I shaved it down with the quickness. And the second that it happened, I went, okay, I'm all right. Looking good. Feel good about this. Wife likes it. Says it's sexy. I'm not worried about it anymore. And truthfully, I thought in this day and age, with all these sports figures that we talk about getting their weaves, Tom Brady included, I've always thought, uh, boy, now they make it realistic at least. Now there are people in the world who have gone out and gotten weaves and plants and plugs and everything under the sun that actually looks like their legitimate hair as to put, as opposed to the way it used to be. And Carl Ravage, by the way, holds strong. He doesn't care that you know that that's a ridiculous piece on his head. He was going to stick by it. He's not going to get the new technology. Lord knows Carl could afford it, but he won't do it. But even then, knowing I had options, I went, nah, I like being bald. Are you ever going to try the Walter White? What the, the goatee? The yeah, I grew a beard, but not since I've been bald. I had hair the last time I had a beard, so it's been that long. It, the beard was at least fifteen years ago. I had it very briefly. Uh, it looked good. It was full, but I no, I I don't. I get too itchy. I don't know how people. I I get too itchy. I mean, I like so. This is a, a day and a half, and I'm already like ah. I gotta shave. It's already bothering me. I'll shave today after the show. That's it. I'm going straight home to shave. That's that's. What are what Jeff's doing? He's shaving his face at three thirty. <laughs> no comment. Hour number two. <laughs>